Welcome to the main column, proudly brought to you by our season sponsor, Maricam. Maricam is a global leader in full-service sulfur removal, caustic treating, and spent caustic treatment technologies. We also provide spent caustic handling services as an alternative to technology solutions. Maricam's reputation stands on principles of proven performance, unsurpassed expertise, and an uncommon commitment to its customers. For more information, visit Maricam.com. Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome you all to the latest installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column. Today, we're looking at converting refineries to renewable fuels is no simple switch. So this podcast is adapted from the article of the same name, which is featured in the October edition of Hydrocarbon Processing. Now, before we get to today's podcast, we really want to thank our sponsor today, which is Maricam. So Maricam is a global leader in full-service sulfur removal, caustic treating, and spent caustic treatment technologies. Maricam also provides spent caustic handling service as an alternative to technology solutions. Serving customers worldwide, its deep expertise and comprehensive capabilities encompass design and engineering, fabrication, research, and testing, logistics, implementation, and technical support. Maricam's reputation stands on principles of proven performance, unsurpassed expertise, and an uncommon commitment to its customers. You can find out more by visiting www.maricam.com. And now, on with the podcast. Petroleum refineries around the globe are under pressure. Changing market conditions, increasingly stringent environmental regulations, higher costs, and the continual need for capital expenditure are driving a change in strategic direction. With momentum building in the renewable fuel space, the petroleum industry is looking to convert existing refineries to produce renewable diesel and sustainable aviation fuel, or SAF, by modifying their hydrotreating and separation processes. Sustainable aviation fuel is a drop-in fuel that has similar properties as traditional fossil jet kerosene, but can have lower life cycle greenhouse gas emissions when produced from renewable and waste feedstock sources. Now, such conversions are often faster and more cost-effective than constructing greenfield renewable fuels production facilities. However, building the business case to convert a refinery is complex and challenging and compelling for only a few dozen refineries. So this podcast is going to detail the drivers, strategies, challenges, and opportunities for refinery conversions, particularly in the U.S. So let's start out by what's driving the switch. So experience across the refining industry has demonstrated that increasing the capacity of existing refineries can be more economical than building new facilities from scratch. As a result, while overall U.S. refinery capacity has increased over time, the total number of operating refineries have decreased. However, the size and scale of refineries matters when determining whether increasing capacity will be viable. While larger refineries have a greater scale advantage for increasing capacity, Small and medium-sized refineries lack economies of scale and capacity to upgrade, making them more expensive to operate and less competitive. Owners of economically challenged refineries are now considering a range of opportunities to convert to renewable fuels production, including single-unit and full refinery conversions, co-processing, and co-location of new facilities. So a major driver for converting a refinery to renewable feedstock to produce renewable diesel and SAF comes from government policy at the federal and state level. 
Refiners are being incentivized to produce renewable diesel through subsidies and tax breaks, including a blender's credit of about a dollar per gallon. Now, the conversion of less profitable refineries to process renewable feedstocks and produce renewable diesel and SAF comes with the added benefit of enabling and reducing the cost of compliance with the United States Renewable Fuel Standard. The pivoting of existing refineries has led to strong growth in the number of U.S. sustainable fuels plants and the U.S. production capacity for sustainable fuels. In addition, the number of renewable diesel and SAF refineries and total production capacity, including from refinery conversions, is projected to continue to grow. Now, the current trajectory predicts that conventional refinery conversions that are planned or underway could more than double current renewable diesel and SAF capacity to approximately 230,000 barrels per day by 2025. So let's look now at what to consider in refinery conversion decisions. So refinery owners considering conversions typically contemplate several economic, regulatory, environmental factors that can result in decisions to pursue a partial or total conversion. Major considerations in converting an existing refinery into a renewable facility include the type, location, and availability of feedstocks, the current plant configuration, and its production capacity, among several others. And of course, it also must be considered the different incentives for refinery conversions that differ across the various regions. So let's look first at feedstock proximity. Like in crude oil refining, the profitability of sustainable fuel production is largely dependent on the location of the plant in relation to the feedstock. Refineries that are close to sources of soybean oil, distillers corn oil for methanol production, canola oil or beef tallow and white grease from beef or pork processing plants will likely have an advantage. Now, in addition, refineries near large cities are well-placed with access to large supplies of used cooking oil. Now, the supply and demand balance of feedstock is another factor that can impact the viability of refinery conversions. The market for renewable fuels feedstock is seeing significant demand growth from the expansion of renewable diesel and SAF production. In addition, the use of vegetable oils converted into biodiesel is expected to increase by 46% from 2022 to 2027, while the use of used cooking oil and animal fats could exhaust nearly all estimated supplies over the forecasted period. So the net effect of the projected supply crunch for renewable feedstocks is that it may slow the number of potential refinery conversions and potentially change the types of projects considered. So what are the impacts on the marketplace? So converting refineries to produce renewable fuels impacts markets in several ways, from reductions in total fuels produced to an inability to provide fuel on inter-regional exchange agreements and term supplies for local consumers, among others. Conversion reduces total fuel output from plants by as much as 80 to 90%, which can tighten supplies and increase prices. So let's look at some other considerations. So refinery owners eyeing conversion might also consider factors such as the plant's existing carbon footprint, emissions levels, renewables credit balances, and the current scale of biofuels or renewables operations. Now the presence of infrastructure and equipment that can be adapted relatively easily and at a low cost can influence conversion decisions. Small refineries without scale benefits and refineries with conversion capabilities are ideal candidates for conversion to renewable fuels. Now, there are challenges. Now, converting an oil refinery to renewable fuels production involves several key challenges, 
including the modification of legacy equipment, regulatory and permitting issues, financing difficulties, supply chain challenges, and workforce issues. Now, as many variables are involved in decisions on the conversion of petroleum refineries, it is difficult to estimate how many sites could ultimately be converted. A scoping level view of the considerations presented indicates that as many as half of the existing 128 operating refineries in the United States could be physically converted to produce renewable diesel and SAF. Now, not all refineries earmarked for conversion will realize this ambition. To reap the benefits of a refinery conversion, refiners can take the following actions and answer key questions. First, pick the right sites. All sites are not biowinners. Proximity to feedstock, customers, and regulators all determine success. Two, remember that feedstock is king. Do you have the right partnership, origination team, and network? Three, weigh up your supply chain. So how robust is the supply chain and what is the cost to feed the new site? Four, pursue capital projects and turnaround excellence. Now the winning players build the minimum technical solution approach to drive maximum value and minimize costs and downtime. And lastly, assess your retail pull through. Do you have the right retail footprint and pull through to capture the green premium? So refiners face many considerations along the conversion journey. While the suite of regulatory and financial incentives for refinery conversions continues to grow, challenges do remain. So determine whether refiners can successfully convert their facilities to produce renewable fuels, they can comprehensively evaluate their operations and act now to capitalize. Again, we want to thank you for listening to this latest installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast, The Main Column. And again, a big thank you to our sponsor of this episode, Merikim. You can find out more at www.merikim.com.